Hello, welcome to the final swipe, a podcast about healing our hearts and finding love. I'm your host, Nikki Novo. Hello, my friends. Welcome to another episode of the final swipe. I'm excited to be here with you. So, I'm recording this actually on the day of my husband's birthday, and the day that this is running will be our our wedding anniversary. So, because of that, uh, because I knew we were going to run on my wedding on our wedding anniversary, I thought that I would share with you the story of how we met. Um, I know I'm always giving you advice and uh, you know, and giving you tips and sharing you know the wisdom that comes through me. But I thought like maybe you would want to know a little bit about how it happened for us. And just since it's this date, I really felt called like, you know what, let's, let's talk about, um, how we came together and what my experience was because, you know, we're friends now. So maybe you want to know. Okay. So I met my husband and it's just kind of the funny way that, so I, you know, I struggled a lot while dating. Um, just to give you a little bit of background, I was, engaged very young. I um, dated a guy for eight years, right? So I dated like my high school sweetheart through college. Um, and we were, you know, and, and he was a professional baseball player. And, and uh, so, you know, there was kind of, it moved a little quickly because of you know, when they're, when they're those, those professional athletes, like just things happen for them faster. So we were in this position to kind of, you know, for me to travel with him and to to move away and all those things. So uh, we were young and he it just sounded like a good idea to get engaged. And, you know, I grew up in a family where my parents are both Cuban and Catholic and pretty traditional. So I was raised like I wasn't really allowed to leave my house until they, like that saying that I wasn't allowed to leave like either I was going to leave in a... Um, in a white dress or in a casket, you know, so it's like either in a, like because you're getting married or because you, you died situation. So this boyfriend like really seemed like my ticket out in many ways. Like I just I really felt that I needed a man to um, take care of me and support me in order for me to like move past, uh, you know, the the kingdom of my of my parents so that was just like a limiting belief that I had um definitely passed down through my lineage the women in my lineage have that a little bit and that's just like what I thought like was supposed to happen but luckily uh a month before not a month I think it was like about two or three months before our wedding which was like planned and everything and it was like such a hot mess like nothing was really planned but there was a wedding supposedly happening and um I went away for a weekend because I just like needed to get out and my my mom was like very mad at me because she's like, we only have a few more weekends to the wedding. And I'm like, I got to go. And I flew to New York to go visit a girlfriend of mine who had been in New York for her master's. So we're, you know, planning this wedding three months away, like nothing's really done. I'm confused, but you know, whatever, like I've been with this person for so long, like he's a good guy. You know, my parents loved him that we were financially able to do it. Uh, so why not? Right. I was about 21, 22 here. Hey, I was 21. So then, uh, fly to New York, visit this friend and like, it's so funny because that city and those of you who live there, you know, it's, it's loud, but at the same time, it's quiet in a weird way. Cause I think there's a lot of loneliness in a sense because you, you, you're not, you're not communicating so much to the people around you, but it is a loud place. But there was something about going there that actually made me hear myself be- maybe because of the, the solitude in a sense, but I really heard myself while I was there. And while I was there, I just heard very loudly, like, 
that I was meant for something else, like that this was not my path. Um, and it was just so loud that I couldn't ignore it. So I came back from that trip and I, you know, I told my mom first, I was like, listen, I don't think I'm supposed to get married. Like, I, I just think that I'm supposed to like maybe have a career that there's like more for me before I make that big leap. And of course my mom, who's really funny cause she's like a, she's a feminist at heart, but then, a, but a traditionalist at the same time. So uh, you know, and she just wanted me to get married. Like she, that was like success to her. Like if she married off her daughter to like another Cuban boy, like that would be very successful for her. So when I told her like my doubts and thinking that like, maybe I'm not supposed to get married. Like she told me, she's like, well, you know, Nikki, like, you know, some women are just supposed to, you know, get married and, and have a family and, and have children. And, and like that, that can be enough. And, you know, I think she was maybe trying to like ease what she thought my path was for me. And I was like, I, I wanted to vomit hearing that. And I was like, that's not my path. So of course I turned my life upside down. I broke off the wedding a few months before the actual wedding. It was very scary for me. Uh, I also like broke off the relationship was, which was hard because I just, you know, I knew I wasn't in love with this person, even though they were in love with me. And um, it was, it was difficult. So that kind of started a long stream of, um, just like a very long period of trying to love myself through relationships, um, try to find myself through relationships and just a lot of kind of shitty situations, which is why I do, you know, what I do and that, which is like kind of what led me into doing dating work. Um, but it, that was the beginning of it. Like, you know, I broke that off. I moved from, I had, I graduated college. So I told my parents, well, like, okay, well, I guess I can like support myself. So, um, I moved from Miami to California and my dad was so kind to drive me there and set me up. And I worked in the film industry and I had a few friends there and it was really just a beautiful time in my life because I was able to like breathe and, you know, be myself and all those things and really find myself. But that was also like just the beginning of, like I was so codependent, like I had no idea, but I just like, I needed to date and I like needed to be with a man, um, which I didn't understand why, but it was, you know, also one of the things it's, it was also like, because it was such a big wound, um, in my life, it was also just something that sh shined a lot of light too. So I, um, was able to find myself through that practice, even though it was like really messy and kind of shitty for me for, for a long time. So fast forward to like 10 years later and I, um, you know, I was like, okay, I was like getting myself healthy. I had gotten over a breakup that was very significant for me, um, later in my, in my late twenties. And I was like, okay. I'm like, and then I was just like kind of dating, like a dating marathon. Like it was my job, like just going on a bunch of dates, um, like just really trying to find the right person. Like people thought I was insane. Cause I was just like, I always was dating somebody new, but I really like, I mean, I did look insane maybe, and I maybe looked a little slutty as well. But <laughs> the truth was that I like, I, I, you know, I just knew it was time. Like I was like, I, I want to, you know, I want to find this partner. Um, and it wasn't like I was having a lot of fun too. I really enjoyed, I personally like enjoyed meeting new people. Um, I like, it was like social for me. So I, I enjoyed the whole, um, dating at some point, once I got over like the heartbreak and once I got over the, you know, feeling disempowered and stuff, I did end up enjoying dating. But at the same time, I knew like that I wanted a relationship. So I was dating, dating, dating. Um, and it was funny. I was, I 
met this guy who was a musician and he was you guys so sexy like just so beautiful I mean like just to look at him like really like I didn't like the guy I, I mean I could I knew I couldn't like fall in love with this person but like man if I, I could just like look at that guy and hear him sing I mean it was amazing I mean he was a train wreck right like he was like totally like a drug addict and like all the things that you I guess you would imagine like a musician being but he was just so beautiful and I was like I just feel like I'm supposed to be here and we had such a beautiful relationship and that I, it was funny, like that relationship made me feel was coming to the end, which is interesting. I think there's these certain relationships that you start having towards the end of your dating marathon, you know, towards the end of like that, that dating spree that we all go on. There's like certain, there's certain occurrences with dates that you're like, oh my gosh, like I must be at the end. (laughs) And like, that was one of them. I was like, man, this guy's so good looking. And like, I just feel like I'm going to go out with a bang. And I, I remember waking up to him one morning and being like, I'm at the end. Like, I'm going out with a bang. Like, this is like this. This is going to be the last memory before my husband. I'm going to be like, man, that hot guy, <laughs> that like hot musician. And I, I, you know, funny enough, I had that premonition, but I also thought that I was going to get back with that ex boyfriend that I told you I had the hard the hard breakup with. Um, I didn't think I was going to meet a new person. I thought like, oh, you know, I'm going to have this fun. And then like me and my ex-boyfriend that I was like truly in love with was we we were going to get back. Um, So that's what my understanding was. But that did not happen. So but I was dating this guy and he was we were dating. But like, I mean, gosh, like such an open relationship. Um, There was no real like commitment between the two of us. And we were coming up on my best friend's engagement party. So my best friend from growing up, like she was the maid of honor at my wedding. I was her maid of honor. She gets engaged, which of course is usually a very hard time for, for those of us who are single. Like when that close friend or like when your ride or die, like gets engaged, you're like, oh shit. And like, you don't even have a boyfriend. It's pretty rough. So, um, of course, like she's having this big engagement party and I was hoping he would come with me, but my parents were also going. So I was like, I don't know if I want to bring him there and like open that can of worms with my parents. But by, you know, the grace of God, he was traveling. He had, um, he was playing somewhere so he could not attend. So I had to go by myself and I was the last one of my friends to get engaged or be in a relationship or any of that. So they all show up with like their husbands or their, you know, um, fiancés or whatever. And I'm like, all right, whatever. And I have known my, this girlfriend of mine for so long since we were in grade school and I knew her fiance because I was there when they got together and I was very, you know, like I was around while the, the whole time of their relationship, I just assumed I was going to this party and I wasn't going to know anybody. You know, I was like, I mean, I'm sorry that I was going to know everybody. Excuse me. I was like, you know, I'm going to go to this party. All my friends are going to be there. Their parents are going to be there because we are friends like I come from a community that like the parents are also around (laughs) um because they like the party just as much as we do and I was like you know everybody's gonna be with their boyfriends I know every so my my best friend's fiance I knew a lot of his friends and I also kind of judged his friends I was like I have no interest in dating up any of his friends because I just thought like he came from like another type of people that weren't like my people so I was like you know I know all of his friends most of them are also in relationships. I'm going there and it's going to kind of suck. You know, like I have to, I'm going not for me. I'm going for my best friend, like to support her. And, um, this has nothing to do with me today. And I really had to put away like all these insecurities that I have and I'm just going to show up and I'm going to look pretty and I'm going to be there for my best friend. And like, that's it. So I show up to this party and sure enough, like it was a lot of that. It was a lot of like, yeah, of course I know everybody here. Um, I even helped set up the party and all those things. 
And then when I, so in the middle of the party, I'm like looking around and I see one of my friend's boyfriends talking to this guy who I don't know. And I'm like, oh, like, who's that guy? Like, I've never seen this guy before. And I found him like to be very good looking. I was like, this guy, I don't know. There was just something about him. And I have no idea why to this day, but I didn't even think like think about it. And I just found myself walking towards like their conversation. So imagine like my friend's boyfriend is talking to some other guy. I'm not in the conversation. Like I was in another conversation and I find myself like walking into their conversation. Sorry, you guys, there's a motor outside if you hear that. I'm walking like towards their conversation. I have nothing to say to them. I just like felt very pulled to this conversation so they start talking and I just like kind of like introduce myself I have no idea I, I it's all a blur so I don't remember um but ultimately the my friend's boyfriend maybe got the picture or something and he walked out of the conversation and we were left the two of us talking me and my husband and um it was just so interesting because I, I always talk about the idea of being pulled you guys like I, I you know I know that it's hard to we don't want to be super masculine or super pushy and we don't want to be like aggressive and having to talk to all these different people but I always talk about the feeling of being pulled and that is such a an example of how of being pulled like I felt very pulled to have a conversation with this person which was very outside of my comfort zone I, I feel like I almost had lost my mind like my mind didn't exist anymore in a weird way and I just went up and I started talking to them and of course the funny thing is that like Two minutes later, my parents show up and they're like standing behind us. And she, my mom is like waiting and thinking that I'm, I'm like, she's, she's, you know, very traditional. So she thinks I'm supposed to like introduce this guy who I just met a minute ago um, to my parents. And she never like lets me live that down. She's like, you never introduced me the day you met him. I'm like, mom, I didn't even know the guy. <laughs> so anyways, we, you know, we start talking there and then um, the party goes on and I don't see him. But coincidentally, a girlfriend of my best friend's fiance, she knew both of us. Like she knew me through my best friend and then she knew my husband because they, they grew up together. They went to school together and she, I guess, had seen me weeks ago and had mentioned to my best friend and said, hey, like, why don't you hook up Nikki with Benny? And my best friend was like, oh, you think so? Like, I don't know if they'll make a good match. And she's like, yeah, like we should introduce them. So at the party, she was so excited to see that we were talking. And she really tried to like bring that together because apparently like she felt called to introduce us um, weeks before. So that was like really, really interesting. So anyways, you know, one of the things that kind of sticks out to me about this is, you know, always being open to surprises because I really thought I was going to a party that, I was going to know everybody and I really just thought that there was nobody left in my circle. You know, I really was feeling like there was nobody left in my circle and I wasn't going to meet people like I, like all those friends of friends had been taken, that that wasn't going to happen. And um, it really was divine timing because my, my husband had been around that circle for a long time. We just happened to never, and we had been at parties at the same time, you guys, and we just didn't meet, like we didn't talk. Um, mainly because I was probably with another guy because I was always dating somebody. But, you know, like, it was really a divine timing. Like, just the planets aligned. He was single. I was single. And, you know, it, it came together. So we met that day. He was pretty, like, impossible to date with in the beginning because... 
because like for the first week uh, after meeting him, he would call me every day um, or text me, but not invite me out. And I was like, is this guy like trying to be my pen pal? Like, I'm like, what is, what is this? Like, he would just like call me and talk about his day or text me. And I was like, oh my gosh, like we're, I have no idea. Like, I don't know if he was like trying to get the strength to ask me out or if he was trying to feel me out. Uh, to this day, I don't know you guys. And then funny enough, like I end up seeing him like our first date was actually like a group date so he didn't even have to like ask me out he just like some of our friends had arranged like a hangout and you know we were both invited and I was like oh this guy like totally like didn't even have to do what he needed to do <laughs> like he didn't even have to ask me out so I found that a little weird but from that first date like I we already liked each other like it was like it was evident that like oh there was like something here then the ne- then like that day he asked me like that typical like when can I see you again type of thing so I was like oh we, you know we can go out tomorrow so he invited me out that Saturday night which would have been our first like um, our first uh, like one on one date like our first real date that there was no other people there so he asked me out we decided on a time he said he would pick me up and we decided on like where we would go. So the next day, I didn't hear from him all day, but I was expecting to be taken out. Um, I feel like we might have texted or something, but I there was a big gap between like we might have texted early in the morning and then like I hadn't heard, I didn't hear from him like at all until our date. And it comes it's like seven o'clock, seven o'clock shows up and he has not um, called me or texted me, and you know. Like, it was already getting a little late. It was, like, pushing 8 o'clock, and I'm like, oh, no. Like, this fucker is not selling me out. Like, I am not getting stood up. Like, this is, like, this is not happening. So I called him at that moment, and he answered the phone, and he sounded like he was asleep. And I'm like, Benny, um, we had a date. Like, you told me that you were going to come pick me up. And he's like, oh, man, I forgot. I'm so tired. I, I'm sorry. I fell asleep. And he was like at that moment expecting me to be like, oh, don't worry about it. Like, you know, we'll just we'll just meet up another night. And I was like, no. In my head, I was like, absolutely not. You know, and this is where like the divine feminine comes in. Um, this is where, you know, because I, I talk about this often that like we have to train people to know how to treat us. And in that what I do in this moment um, as I share the rest of the story with you may feel like aggressive but I felt very like in my worth and like if you made a plan with me and you've been calling me and like pen palling me like you're gonna own up to your word you know like and if you're tired like I get it I'm tired too but like you made a promise and like you're going to come pick me up. And that was another moment that like wasn't really, I mean, I think I remember I had gone through like a lot of dating. I was really building up my self-worth. So at this point I had kind of gotten to like a fuck it stage and like just felt very worthy. And also, so I think that was like that energy was really um, helping me towards the end of the, of my, my dating marathon. And I just, you know, in that call, I was like, listen, like, you told me you were going to pick me up. Like, I know you're tired, but like, you got to get up. Like, and you know, and I, pl- I was playful about it. And that is the divine feminine. It's like, it's very queen, like you're a queen, you're a leader and you're going to be strong. But at the same time, you're going to be, you know, playful and sexy and all those things. So that's what kind of makes, doesn't make the man feel like he's dealing with another man. So dealing, like being aggressive and being more masculine is like not, what he would have responded to because my husband is an alpha he is masculine so he doesn't want to be like barking with another man so but I can be but he would love to be um 
in communication with a strong woman, right? Like with a queen that's feminine, but also, but, but also like straightforward. So in that moment, I was like, Hey buddy, like I'm like, you know, and I started laughing. I was like, listen, you're asleep. Like you you better start getting up. I will give you 30 minutes like to get here, like get dressed, get over here. We're going out, you know? And, um, sure enough, like he did that, you know, and he picked me up and, and we, um, we went out that night and we had a great time and that just kind of also just set the tone for what to expect from me, you know, and, and it also just made me feel good. It made me feel sexy. Like I was just like, I just, you know, I did this thing. So, um, we dated for a little bit. We dated for like maybe a month or so we met in maybe like a month we dated and, um, he was very like, um, like he was just much more of an adult than I was. Like he had a home and he had a business and he actually had a daughter and he was just like, you could tell he didn't, he, he wasn't like going around like looking for dates, but there was something about him that I knew that there was like a seriousness to him or almost like I felt like this, this thing that I had been doing for so long that was fun for me. And, and even though I wanted a relationship at the same time, I was afraid of that commitment. He, um, just, I just felt that off of him. So after a month of dating him, I got scared, you know, and I remember walking into his home for the first time, which was actually our first home. And I walked in like, I gasped. I was like, oh my gosh. Because I knew like I was going to be here. Like I just was so frightened by that next stage um, because I had gotten comfortable really in the stage that I was in, which even though I wanted to be in the next stage, that was what I was working towards. I I was also like deathly afraid of the next stage, if I was going to be capable, if I was going to be good enough, if, if I could do it, if I could, you know, adult, like all the things. So after a month of being with him, I just kind of, I don't even know how I did it, but like, I just backed away and just kind of, uh, like backpedaled and, and sold him out a couple of times. Like he asked me out and then I like, I like flaked on him and then he just, I guess, got the picture and, um, I just went off on my own and I started, you know, just doing the same thing that I was doing. And, you know, funny enough, like, I found myself back in, like, an old pattern. I was, like, dating a bunch of different guys, like, around the same time and just doing the same stuff. And New Year's hits. And I'm flying back from California because I went to California for New Year's. And I'm flying home and I'm on this long, you know, it's like a five-hour flight to Miami. And at that moment, I was like, this just feels messy. Like, I just have so much, like, old energy with me. Like, I'm still talking to my ex-boyfriend. And, like, this guy who was, who's been on the side. And, like, this guy who I've been booty calling for two years. And, like, there's just so much of that. I was like, enough of that. So I, like, thought of all the guys that, like, kind of were still in my head. And I wrote a bunch of emails <laughs> or text messages. Um, that Like, some were getting different. There was different ways of communication. I was either DMing them or, like, sending texts. <laughs> but I was sending, I was, like, drafting all these, like, basically like breakup messages to all these guys that like had been swarming around me and that like felt like there was still open doors, you know, with them. And I come, Benny comes to mind, my husband. And I thought, cause, cause remember I had like flaked on him. I hadn't necessarily like told him, Hey, I don't want to be with you or anything like that. I just kind of like let it fade. Like I had like a slow fade with him. And I thought I, like need to close this up. Like I I was like, okay, like when he came to mind, I was like, I can't close this up. Like there was just something that was again, pulling me towards him that I could not write a close up email. And what I found myself writing was an apology email instead. So I send him like a very, like, I'm so sorry, like that I flaked on you. Like 
I don't, you know, I just feel bad. Like, I, I really wanted to know if, like, you'd be interested in, like, giving it another go and just, like, hanging out again. And um, that was, again, a, I didn't know what, I didn't even know if I liked him. I didn't know him enough to like him, but I felt very pulled to him. And I didn't really even have feelings for him. I had a very closed heart, like, while I was dating. Um, I still do. It's still hard for me to, like, fully open um, often. So it was, you know, I, I couldn't, I was never... I would was the one that would go for those like hot and heavy fast relationships because since I couldn't open my heart like hot and heavy felt like oh I'm feeling something and but like if I would do things slowly it was I couldn't feel much so I didn't know why I didn't know what I felt about him but I felt very pulled to him and I sent that message and you know I was like well you know what if he responds and if he's like open to it then then okay and sure enough he did and um I actually flaked on him, you guys, again. He, like, asked me out, and I flaked again, and he pretty much, like, was, like, at that moment, wrote me off, which I know was really ridiculous, but it happened, because, whatever, I was a crazy person. And then I realized that, like, I needed to make a grand gesture. So I, after flaking on him, like, I write the, you know, I write the sorry email, he asked me out, I flake on him asking me out, and then I realized that I really messed up, so I was like, I have to, like, he's not going to believe me anymore. Like, I can't just call him or text him or whatever. Like, I have to make a gesture. And I knew that on Sundays he would go to this church because he was trying to get his daughter into a, a private school, a Catholic school, and he had to donate money every Sunday. So I knew he would always go to this church at the same time to, like, leave that donation money. So I'm like, I'm just going to show up to the church. Like, and if he's there... Like, then this is, you know, meant to be. And I'm thinking he's not going to be there because, like, sometimes he would go, but sometimes he wouldn't. So I showed up to this church and and also hoping he was alone because sometimes he would, like, go with, like, his mom or his grandmother. (laughs) And sure enough, I show up there and he's alone and he's walking out. And I'm like, and he's like, what are you doing here? And I go, I'm stalking you. And he said to me, you could have just called me, Nikki. I was like, oh, man. (laughs) So I was like, yeah, I guess I could have just called you, but I stalked you. But anyways... That was the beginning of like our real relationship. We, you know, he, well, you could tell he was a little annoyed with me, but nonetheless, he took me to eat and he didn't take me anywhere nice, which we laugh about. Like he purposely took me to like this like hole in the wall bar that was like not fancy. We still go there um, every once in a while for dinner just for like shits and giggles. They have good food, but it's gross. Like it's a, like the floors are sticky. It's, they serve you water in those glasses that are sh- like clearly promotional, like, beer um like from beer companies so like you'll drink water in like a miller's light glass (laughs) like that obviously like they gave him for free i don't know um so it's that kind of joint but anyways we went and you know and i just kind of told him i was like listen i'm really sorry you know xyz like this is what i was going through and i just kind of put it all out in the line and i was just like if you're open to i don't know must have been like a third go around like I, I'm open to it. And I think he must have felt like what I felt. I mean, I think that we, there was something that like, we just both knew we recognized each other. We knew that, um, that there was something between us. So he did give me, I guess, a third or fourth try. Who knows what try that was. And yeah. And like, you know, from there we just continued to date and it was pretty fast. We dated for six months and then I moved in with him. I had never moved in with a partner before a guy before so that was a big step and I'm grateful that I only had to do it once because I know sometimes like you know depending on our situations like sometimes we're living with several partners 
And I know that's rough, um, but I was, you know, grateful that I guess I just did only wanted to do it with the person that I guess I was going to be with. So that worked out for me. And, um, you know, after those six months, I mean, I, and listen, he didn't like ask me to move in with him. <laughs> just so you guys know, I basically like positioned myself. There was no, um, and I think this is something that I advise like a lot of my clients and, you know, I, I I'm not going to say for like every man, um, but in my scenario, um, my husband is very ma- masculine for sure. But like any guy, like you know, he doesn't he doesn't have a uh, some sort of ticking clock in him. He was thirty um, five, I guess, and you know he was not in a hurry but I was you know I knew I wanted to like have children and like wanted all the things and like if I would have let him he would have just kind of kept dating me for a while and he wouldn't have moved things along and I was he also had a daughter um so that was something that was unique but also I think kind of in my favor (laughs) thanks Allie but I just was like listen I'm not gonna like you know, just be staying over here. Like, you know, there has to be some sort of, you know, serious talk. And if I am going to move in, like, it's because we're going to get engaged at some point. Like, we have, a, we have a child here that's, like, watching all of this. And nonetheless, she's a girl, you know, so we can't we have to think about her own stability. So that was a big factor. Um, but I was very vocal about, like, what I wanted. And I was okay with kind of, like, pushing those boundaries little by little because, like, if he didn't want the same thing, I was like, okay, well, then I just got to keep going, you know? So, um, I was just clear about, like, those are the things that I, and I was, I, w- I was very funny about it. Like, he laughs now. He says that I was, like, always, you know, I just found a, this place of, like, being able to be playful about it, which is something that I teach, and that is, that is the divine feminine, right? Like, when we're in our feminine, it, we're able to be direct and we're able to be like that queen. But at the same time, you know, the divine feminine is playful and it's sexy. And and we don't realize how much power we have within us as women. Um, my husband always reminds me of that. Like, he always tells me, like, if I'm going to ask him for something to, like, ask for it, like, you know he's like you know whatever you ask me for like I'm gonna do it but there's like a good way to ask me and a bad way to ask me and and the the nice way is like you know not to be like nice about it he just he likes a little like playfulness a little sexiness like a little like whispering in your ear you know like I'll give you this later if you do this for me like that's what works for him and that is not degrading um that is the the feminine you know so like I was in the beginning of our relationship I knew to push him that way um because I saw early on that like that's how I got through to him like that's what was working with him so you know I just I would just bring it up like as I needed to and um I basically told him I'm like listen like I'm living over here I, I every time I come here I have to bring my dog like you have your dogs like you have a house I live with roommates like this is stupid <laughs> I'm gonna move in and I will, you know, and I, I arranged, I was like, you keep paying like what you pay, I'll pay like utilities and like, we're good. And that was like kind of our agreement and he never really asked me. I'm still actually waiting for him to ask me to be his girlfriend. Like he never really asked me to be his girlfriend either. I didn't get that. I didn't get that security with him. But um, I felt secure, I think in many ways, because I would ask for things and I would kind of like, you know, push and push a little, like not push, but like just kind of always trying to move it forward. And he would always meet me, not maybe not always right away, but at some, like ultimately he would meet me. And, um, so after six, so I moved in with him 
after six months of dating him and then six months later he proposed to me and I really that was very much a surprise for me I had no idea he was uh, going to propose but I was very clear about the fact that like I wanted to be proposed to you guys I used to like take off rings and like leave them places you know thinking that like oh if if he's looking if he's shopping for a ring for me like all he has to do is like grab one of my rings and like check the size um and uh and funny enough he said that that's actually how he found my size he says that he found one of my rings laying around one day and he put it on his finger and he was like okay well this is kind of where her ring falls on my finger like this is the ring size that she is so I thought that was kind of funny so it did work um but you know I was very like just kind of communicate like I was communicating with him but like also in a playful kind of funny way and and I wasn't afraid to push him along because if not he wouldn't move along (laughs) like literally you guys are still waiting for him to ask me to be my girlfriend so to be his girlfriend so um so he did and of course he proposed um this is really messed up but I planned his birthday weekend we we went to the to the keys here in florida and um i planned it i booked it i you know it was my idea all this kind of stuff i booked this like um sunset uh sailboat tour which was amazing if you guys ever go um to the key west so we did like wine and cheese on the on the sunset it was so beautiful and we just had so much fun i was pretty pretty like pretty decently drunk like off of that that thing really not expecting to get proposed to i didn't i didn't even know that that was like something he was working on um and nonetheless it was his birthday and i had planned it so like i knew the idea i was the one that was like in charge of the itinerary which i thought was so smart on his point because any on his part because any other way i would have known and then after that uh sailboat ride like we got off the boat and right in front of the boat, like he asked me and he says that I didn't even like let him ask because I, I basically, I was so surprised. I was like, is that a ring? Like I was like, are you like, I was so in shock. So he didn't even get down on a knee. Like I didn't even give him that opportunity. I was just like in shock and, um, but it was, you know, it was, it was beautiful. And, and, uh, that was, you know, and then from there a year later we got, we got married. So, you know, I just wanted to share that story with you guys today, just so that we can get to know each other a little bit more. I hear so many of your stories, so I just thought maybe I should share one of mine. And um, don't ever be afraid of, you know, using your intuition. Don't ever be afraid to putting yourself out there. And listen, this is obviously a scenario where I put myself out there and it worked. Um, I have have I have many stories before that that I put myself out there and it did not work. I'm just sharing the story that like it actually did work. Um, so, but I think, but honestly, I feel that because I was so used to expressing myself like earlier on when I was dating, and like I got I I built that muscle of like just feeling like I needed to speak something, I needed to say something. I, I and I got so used to that that. Um, that trained like that allowed me to like build the strength to be able to to do what I did in this in my in the relationship with my husband but that was like a lot there was a lot of failed attempts you know there was times that like I was like basically like begging my ex-boyfriend like to give it a try and like him saying like no and like other people that just I thought could work and they were just not into it but I felt like I needed to have the conversation and and but you know what when you feel like you need to have that conversation and doesn't go as planned to me it's also just clarity that moved me towards Benny you know like it was just like okay not this person not this person not this person and I was able to like just 
move past it quickly, you know, like move past the emotional part quickly and just be like, okay, not my person, like next, you know, and, and, and not in a, like, don't let myself, you know, uh, uh, you know, go through the, the sad feelings or whatever, but I just, it, it was something that, that was really carving the path and like making the path to meet Benny. Um, so I'm just grateful. And I, when I met Benny, I was already used to, I had already worked that muscle and I was used to like communicating and like asking for things and just knowing that it was either going to be a yes or it was going to be a no, but either way I was going to get clarity, you know, if it was going to be a no, then like, okay, like then this is like not, but if it was going to be a yes, then like, okay, then we keep moving forward and we're on the same page and, and you know, what I feel for you is, you know, is what you feel for me too. So like we can keep moving forward. Um, so that was like very, that was something that definitely I worked up to. So I just wanted to share that with you. But yeah, that's my story, you guys. We're celebrating, oh gosh, how many years? We got married in 2012, so eight years marriage. That's amazing. Actually, funny, I just realized that he is my longest relationship because I had a boyfriend in high school through college. Um, actually, the guy I was talking to you guys in the beginning for eight years, and I thought... I never thought I would like, I thought forever I was like, I'm never going to date somebody for that long. Um, but I guess, you know, Benny wins and for many more years. So sharing my love story, hopefully to inspire you, um, to keep you going. I am always rooting for you and I know that it's possible for you and I hope whatever stood out to you in this story, like may you take it and really put it into your practice and into the way that you're, you know, looking into the world and looking into your love life. And I hope this was helpful. So thank you. Thanks for listening. And we will, I will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. For more guidance on your journey to the final swipe, please visit me at NikkiNovo.com.